First Peter chapter one, that's in the New Testament. Verse six, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you may have been grieved by various trials. Everybody say a little while. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory in the revelation of Jesus Christ. I love that verse 7, that your faith, he said, is much more precious than gold. And I want to talk to you for a few moments today about something. I'll give you the title in just a few minutes when I figure it out. Amen. But, um, but I do know what I'm preaching on. I just, I just want you to lean in and listen a minute. But I was thinking about this. That verse just came alive in my heart that my faith is more precious than gold. Than gold. I mean, our faith is more precious than our home, our car, our bank account, everything that we possess. I'm telling you, there's nothing more important than your faith. I believe that sometimes we have to go through things to remind us that what really matters is not the gold, is not material things, but what really matters is our faith. What really matters in greater than passing down an inheritance of gold or financial blessing to our children and our children's children. Our faith, our faith is more precious than gold. Say amen, somebody. I think that when I read about the heroes of faith in this book, they had faith that was so great. They did not have four... O1Ks. They did not have safety nets financially. They did not have health care plans. And I think we ought to have all of those things. But I want you to know that their faith was more precious to them when you read of the heroes of this book than all the gold in the world. The word faith can be defined this way. I'm going to give you my definition of it. A daily dependence upon God. To have a daily dependence upon God. To never lose the daily dependence upon God because what we are striving for is independence. I want to be independently wealthy, we say. I want to be, I want this and I want that and that will make me independent and I won't have to worry about anything and God has geared this thing to where we will never be independent and blessed enough that we won't need him because you can have all the gold in the world and if you don't have faith, you don't have nothing. Faith is having a daily dependence upon God. Now, I want you to give yourself a faith check right now. Do you daily depend on him? Do you daily say, without you, I can do nothing? Daily, I need you to lead me. Daily, I need you to guide me. Daily, I need you to fill my mind with your thoughts because that's what true faith is, and it's more precious than gold. Thank God for a job but my job is not my God. Thank God for money and a paycheck, but that is not my God. If you take my faith from me, 
then my gold is over. If you take my gold from me and me keep my faith, I'll be just fine. I'll have a comeback every time because faith is the substance to everything that we need. Faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is how God, God transacts with human beings. Without faith, and faith is the substance of something hoped for but not seen, but when you put your faith in God and say, in a little while, the circumstances are going to change and God will show himself alive. I believe that. It's my faith that causes me to prosper, not my prosperity that causes me to have faith. I can have faith when I'm prospering and when I'm not prospering. When he, I, because I know he's not just the God of the mountains, he's God of the valleys. We like these cute little slogans all the time, especially in the church world. I jotted a few down. Everything's going to be fine. Here's another one. You're next in line. Isn't that good? Doesn't that make you feel good? You're next in line. Here's another one. It's the year of new wine. And then I wrote a new one to it. God's going to whip your behind. You, you, don't, you don't never hear that. You don't never hear that. But sometimes we need to be reminded that blessing, blessing, blessing isn't everything. My faith is greater than pure gold. It's more valuable than gold. If your faith only works in good circumstances, you don't have much faith. As long as the earth remains, Genesis said, there will be summer and winter. There will be spring and fall. There will be seed time and there will be harvest. And we're in a time of proving. We're in a time right now in this nation and in this world when our praise, if it's based on anything, it's got to be based on God is good, not only when my circumstances are good, God is good even when my circumstances are not good. Stand in the midst of your mess and declare the devil is a liar. The devil is a deceiver. This nation is facing a lot and all of us are facing a lot. And we better learn how to deal with things that are coming at us. And it's going to get us back to the raw thing that if I have faith, it's more precious than gold. It's more precious than gold. Faith has to be proven. Faith has to go through the fire. Either you learn how to deal with what's in front of you or you give up sometimes in life. I think that we need to understand that there are times in life where we have to rediscover my faith. Boy, I'm blessed today. I ought to be happy right now, not one day when my life gets perfect, but right now my, my faith is more precious than gold. If you think money's going to make you happy, you are a dumb dumb. Money is not going to make, but I'd like to see her try. I know you'd like, but, but I'm just telling you, I've talked to enough people. I'll speak in my own life. There's not enough money in this world to buy you happiness. But boy, I got a joy 
Even in the toughest times of life, I've got a faith that keeps me getting up and going. I got an expectation about the future. I've got an optimistic attitude that somehow, some way, he'll do it again. You just relax. I'm going to preach. I'm just getting warmed up. You just relax. Good. Trials come to get, get you to turn in and lose your faith for gold. Trade it in. Trade it in. But my faith is more valuable than gold. Famine time is a time that God will use to take you to the next level if you'll let him. See, there are some people, and I've just been thinking about this a lot. We, we're headed for something in this nation and in this world. If you, let's, let's don't be that Christian that sticks his head in the sand and pretends everything. Listen, we are headed for something in every area that you look is pretty obvious. This world is in trouble and there's no politician that can fix it. There is nothing anybody can do. And we're going to find out who the real Christians are. We're going to find out if our faith is more precious to us than our, than our everything this world has to offer. Some people go into a famine down and come out up. And some people go into a famine up and come out down. There's a shift that takes place. Abraham, in the book of Genesis, it says he entered into the land and a famine came, but he went in it down, but he came out up. God actually used the famine, and when he came out of it, God called him the father of faith. His son Isaac went into the famine pretty, pretty bad, but the Bible said he sowed in Genesis 26 in the time of famine and he reaped a hundredfold the same year. He went in low and the famine lifted him high. Joseph went, it was actually the famine that promoted him from the dungeon to the palace. He was promoted because of bad times in his nation. He was prosperous and raised to a height that he could have never gotten had the nation of, of, of Egypt not gone into a massive famine. And the king had a dream and he saw seven fat cows and seven skinny cows. And the seven skinny cows swallowed up the seven fat cows. And that just reminds me of a message that you need to remind yourself of that I preached right here one time. The skinny cows represent famine and bad times. The fat cows represent prosperity, seven years of prosperity. That's why there were seven cows, seven years of blessing and increase. And the Bible said the skinny cows swallowed the fat cows. And the Lord told me to preach one time, tell the people, don't let the bad times, skinny cows, swallow up the good times. Yeah, you may be going through a hard time, but you've had some good years too. And the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And watch him turn it around for your good. Watch him turn that season of weeping into laughing. Hallelujah. Pharaoh has a dream. And it was Joseph that God used to tell him how to fight the famine. He said, what you need to do is prepare for it. Prepare for the famine that's coming. 
Get silos and store up because the famine's going to last seven years. And so we learn strategies on what we are to do in the time of famine. The land of Egypt teaches us some things. Joseph goes from being a prisoner to second in charge when bad times came. Some of you have given up on your dreams, given up on believing God for great things. You think because the pandemic, especially you young people in your 20s, and then it just feels like the whole rug's been pulled out from under your dreams. But I'm telling you, when you're a child of God, God will use what destroys other people. They are high and it takes them low, but he can take a person who's humble and trusting in him and use even the conditions that we're in to raise up a whole new crop of people who know what we ought to do in times like these. And so now I'm where I want to be real fast. But in Luke chapter 15, it's the story of the prodigal son. And the Bible said that the prodigal son was in the father's house. And a famine was on the way. And he was in the father's house. Everybody say the father's house. Aren't you glad you're in the father's house this morning? And that's where you need to be when the famine's on the way. And the prodigal son is about to experience that famine because he didn't stay connected to the father's house. See, but here's a powerful thing to understand. Even though that boy went to his father and demanded the inheritance and took that and left it and went out and started living wicked and wild, you know what the Bible said? It said that I've never seen the righteous forsaken, listen to this, or his seed. His seed is his children begging for bread. The seed was connected to the paternal blessing. And even though the boy was acting crazy and going berserk, the Bible said there was still a blessing on him because of the paternal blessing of the father. There was a father and a mother who were in covenant with God. And the scripture said, I've never seen the righteous the father in that house was righteous. How many of you are righteous because of the blood of Jesus? And what I'm preaching to you is it doesn't matter what your seed gets into. When you understand, he never forsakes our seed. Elisha, Elisha did not get a double portion from Elijah until he recognized Elijah as his father. He said, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And when he said, my father, there was a double portion blessing that came on his life because it matters if you're connected to the father's house. And it matters when there's somebody in the father's house on behalf of your house who's standing in the covenant. And even when the seed isn't living it, you have a covenant that is so strong that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed, even though the enemy wants to kill them. There's protection over them because of that covenant. Clap your hands and say amen. The father has a house. The father's house. There are certain things that a father provides. A father provides 
ultimately a house. And notice that during a famine, the father didn't have his house repossessed. He had hired servants, kept on hiring. In the middle of everything going haywire out in the world, there was blessing in the father's house. There was increase in the father's house. There was hiring. We can't get enough help. The house, the house was blessed. The house was, and whoever yoked together with that house, the hired servants were eating plenty of bread, the text said, and had room to spare, had food to spare. Everybody else is starving to death, but anybody who got yoked up and connected to the house, the father has a house, the fathering anointing, is needed in the body of Christ today. You don't have just a young little rooster preacher up here. I'm becoming an old man, and I am a spiritual father, whether you want me to be or not. And that's why sometimes I get all up in your business, all up in your grill, because you need a spiritual father in times like these. And a father builds a house. And a father anointing, Paul put it like this. He said, Though you have 10,000 teachers, see, y'all, and that's fine. I, 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 you go on the internet. You listen to a lot of people. Listen to them all. I hope you listen to somebody all the time. But you have not many fathers. Because there's certain people that the Holy Spirit connects you to spiritually. And there's a house that he wants to connect you to spiritually. And to unplug from that is to, to not stay connected to the blessing. I'm not making this up. I'm writing the book. During a famine in the father's house, there was no lack. They in there dancing. They're in, Bible talked about they had robes. They had uh, uh, shoes, Gucci's, and they had uh, bling bling. The Bible said they put the rings on. Oh, I, read, read, the book, read the book. They had fatted calves. In the middle of a famine, the house of the Lord was pressed down, shaken together, running over. And anybody who was connected to it, they weren't getting laid off and the hired servants went into recession and they got laid off. They weren't getting laid off. What are you saying? I'm saying that when you move in to the Lord in troubled times, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my strength. In the father's house, there's bread. There's hired servants. There's fatted calves. There's clothes, nice robe, rings, shoes. The father has something to impart. And the evidence of a fathering anointing, he has the capacity to build a house. Secondly, he has hired servants. It means he's taking, more, taking care of more than himself. Hired servants. Some of you have a fathering anointing. God has blessed you in business and so on. And, and you build a house under the anointing of God, a house of work that, and, and employment. And you have hired servants that help you and people who you hire who help you. That's a sign of a fathering anointing. You're taking care of more than yourself. And then the scripture said that there was an inheritance 
that those who were in the house received. That speaks of impartation. That when you get under a fathering anointing, there will be impartation. Impartation of dreams. Impartation of purpose. Impartation of anointing. Impartation of worship. Impartation. If ever people needed spiritual fathers, it's in this time. Famine is here. Famine is coming. But we're not the people who tremble in fear. We're the people who run into the house of of the Lord. And there is no lack. And there is no want. And there is no need. Because he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. You need to be connected to fathers. And it helps you fight your famine. The worst things get. What a masterful stroke Satan had. And it was necessary for a season. But I think now the enemy thinks that the people of God, if he can separate them from the house permanently, he knows they're like sheep without a shepherd and there's nobody to protect those sheep from the wolf. At some point, you need to run back to the house of the Lord. At some point, you need to get those little children. I don't care how messed up your family is. Bring the whole crazy bunch right in and sit down and say, that one got into this, this one, that. But you know what? We're in the house. And when we get in the house, the Father has an inheritance for us of righteousness and healing and health and strength and provision. It's in the house. You know, uh, I want to preach just a minute. What brought the famine was the spirit of the prodigal. The spirit of the prodigal says, I want my inheritance right now. I want it now. I can't afford it, but I want it now. That's what's happening to America. I want all the stuff, but I don't want to work for it. I want it given to me. I'm entitled to it. Let me tell you something. That is not in this book. The Bible said if you don't work, you don't eat. I'm going to preach. Some of you won't read the book of Job because it's spelled job. But I'm going to tell you something. He'll bless the work of your hands. But if you don't work, he can't bless you. you. You must understand the principles of that book will work. If you will work. The spirit of the prodigal said, I want something before it's time. I'm not ready for it and I'm not going to pay the price for it. I just expect. And I'm going to tell you, socialism is a spirit that will destroy this nation. I, I, I have traveled to the nations that have been overtaken by dictators and socialism and they are pitiful and you wouldn't want your children or you to live there. Listen to me. We better wake up. This is not political. This is the word of God. You need to hear the word of God. A new generation needs to hear the word of God. It'll bring a famine season when people don't want to work, when people don't want to go get a job, when people just expect somebody else to take care of them. 
when they, if you're needy and you're going through a season and all of that, that's totally understandable. And we'd be the first to come run and help. But at some point, if you don't watch it, the enemy will tell you that you're not that important and God's never going to bless you anymore. And any voice that tells you you're limited is a lying spirit. My Bible said you're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. So believe God for greater things than you've ever seen before. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. Now, I'll keep moving. But, but, but. But this, 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 uh, this, this prodigal spirit comes along and it gets loans and says, give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, couples only been married two months and they want a brand new house. And if you can afford it, that's one thing. But a brand new house, me and my wife lived with my mother and father-in-law for f almost five years in their attic. And we drove back and forth from Stone Mountain to Gainesville and save, 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 save. You don't get something for nothing in life. I want a brand new house and we just got married. And oh, I can't be rolling up into that new house in a clunker. I need a new car too. And I don't just need a new car. I can't be getting out of that new car in the yard of that new house in some flip-flop looking tore up from the floor up shoes. I got to have some red bottoms and... You know, some of it ain't the devil that's messing up. I rebuke you, say, when you get yourself in debt, 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 that ain't the devil. <laughs> ah, ah, let's keep, let's keep moving. Let's keep. But the Lord will still help you if you honor him and you get to the house of God and you get some wisdom and wisdom will begin to lift you little by little, just like you got in it, you can get out of it. And, and, and don't get suicidal if, if, you, if people are coming to repossess stuff. I mean, the worst thing is you may not pay them back. Let's keep moving. Come on. Come on. I mean, why are you going to kill yourself? Oh, let's, let's go. Let's go. Y'all understand what I'm saying? The prodigal spirit is a spirit of entitlement. I deserve it. I'm entitled to it. Give it to me. You owe me. Life does not owe you. Your parents don't owe you. They gave you your life. The pride of the prodigal. I'm not ready for it, but I demand it. See, the Lord would do you like this. God says, I will, I will not give you what you want. I will give you what you manage. I'm so glad the Lord didn't give us millions and millions of dollars when we first started out. Because I thought over there on Brownsbridge Road, Lord, why don't you bless this ministry with millions of dollars? Why? And the Lord was saying, because you couldn't manage it, dumb, dumb. <laughs> You'll waste it on this, waste it on that, blow it. But once you get a little year and a little gray hair and, and get, get a little experience, you learn about, you learn a lot. 
And God says, I don't give you what you want. I give you what you manage. And I watch if you're good and faithful with a little, then I'll give you a little more. And I'll give you a little more. And I'll give you a little more. And I'll give, well, I just make too much to tithe, Pastor Franklin. Then let's pray God will reduce you down to a number that you can be faithful with, whatever that number is. If your tithe check is too big, we can pray about that. I don't even know where to go from here. It's so messed up. I'm not even on the page. But let me finish. The father, if he'd stayed in the house, would have told him how to manage his money. The father would have told him how to abound and how to be abased. You got to learn how to, sometimes you need to go into survival mode. Sometimes you need to tighten up, cut back. See, this generation needs to hear this stuff. I know it's so simple, but sometimes you need to really, really tighten up. I feel like something's coming on our nation and, and we just kind of, hmm, let's be real careful here. <laughs> All right. And the Bible said the famine came. The boy took the money, got out from the house, got out of church, got out of the father's house, got away from the father in anointing where there was plenty, where there was blessing, where there was overflow. And he goes out into the world. And I listen to this verse in Luke 15. And not many days afterward. Not many days. Woo, I'm having a good time. Party, party, party. And then all of a sudden, not many days afterward. He begins to spend all that he had on riotous living. We're in a season of riotous living in America. We get money and we don't know what to do with it. We, when we have money, when, when you see, I read an article not too long ago about people who were taking their pet to a psychiatrist. They were hiring pet psychiatrists. When I read that, my mind said, you got too much money. When you, not you laying on the couch, I understand that, but, but I'm talking about when your cat is laying on the couch and you're paying several hundred dollars an hour for Fifi. Or you're buying pet rocks, or here's one, you're calling psychic hotlines. You know what? You got too much money. If you got money to waste on stupid stuff like that, because you're not talking to a person, you're talking to a demon. No, 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 no. You don't play with the occult. You don't play with other gods. You don't play with demon spirits. You might be playing, but they ain't playing. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Turn to somebody and say, stay away from that witch. Say it right. <laughs> Can I preach five more minutes? I am. <laughs> I, I don't know. This, this came out different when I preached it in the woods the other day. It, it really did. <laughs> so let's see. We'll see where we're going to land here. The pride of the prodigal made him start looking like he's something that is not. I could see him in my mind. He was buying all the drinks, running with a new crowd, 
wearing stuff that he couldn't afford, just trying to keep up an image and shooting Instagram. And when he had spent all, the text said, Luke 15, and when he had spent all, notice this, there arose a famine. The famine didn't put him in a broke position. The famine came when he was broke and at the moment he could least afford it. This is how the devil does it. At the moment you can least afford it, he makes sure you're good and broke and then he sends the famine. And when the economy shifted, the pride of the prodigal, instead of turning and going home to the father, going home where there was no famine, hiring servants, help wanted, increase here and check that robe out. Look at those, look, look, there's plenty. And I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about something that's more precious than gold, the Father's house and all the spiritual things that we have in this house. And the Bible said that he joined himself a citizen to that foreign country. He joined himself. I got new friends. I don't want Christian friends that get on my nerves. They are hypocrites anyhow. You know how we get, especially somebody who's off, they get real crazy. And joined himself a citizen of that country. And watch what they did when he got out there and spent all and the famine came, so-called friends. I wrote down in my notes, hammer time. He's a great guy, by the way. I've met him before. But he had to go through something to learn something. And I remember reading the article, one of the greatest artists, one of the greatest dancers, one of the greatest uh, performers, and, and an iconic person. But you know what they said? They said he had 90 people on his payroll at one time. And they, not like they worked or they did this. Some of them were dancers. Was, 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 and I'm not saying that's not work, but I'm just saying that's all that they, and everywhere he went, he had an entourage. He had to, everywhere he went, 90 people and most of them from high school. And you know what they were? Leeches. Just draining the resources. And when he had spent all and no man could help him, where's the people? You know who's going to be there when you hit that spot? The church and a family that loves you. All those people, all those people, we tight. You don't understand. That boyfriend, that girlfriend, that user, that leech, that person. Yeah, do it. Yeah, snort it. Yeah, do it with me. Do it with me. And when you have lost it all, none of them will be there. Where are those people in this story? The story never changes. But I tell you who you will find, you'll find a father who opened the door and he's got binoculars looking and the moment you don't even have to have it together, if you'll just start moving in the right direction, he'll come running, he'll come running and say, let's restore you, crank up the band because my son was lost and now he's found. Here's the point of the whole sermon, here it is.
and I'm done. The path back to prosperity for America, the path back to pros real prosperity is defined in John. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Get this nasty virus out of here. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul, your spirit man prospers. The path back to prosperity for America is to return to the Father's house. The moment that boy got up from the mud and started moving back toward the Father's house. And here's a word from the Lord. If you want to see the prosperity and healing and blessing of God back on your life, get on the pathway back to God's house. Come back to the Father's house. If you can't come and you got health issues or you're a health person that keeps people that, that could get something, I totally respect, honor that. Keep watching online. I'm talking to families who the enemy through the pandemic has pulled you away from the house of God and the Lord said to tell you the pathway to prosperity Prosperity begins when you start making your way back to the Father's house. I'm not saying it for a crowd. We're doing just fine. But I'm telling you, everything your family needs is in the house of God. And our faith is more precious than gold. Stand to your feet and give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise if you believe it. Return, return to the Father's house. Return with your family. Return to prayer. Return to the Word. Return. I'm done. And that was a good sermon. In the house of the Father. There will be bread in the house of the Father. There will be fatted calves always in the house of the Father. There will be robes and rings and shoes always in the house of the Father. I'm so glad I'm not lost in the famine. Can you, don't you feel sorry for this old world, the people out there? It's hard enough being a Christian going through what we're going through. But what if you didn't have the Father and the Father's house? What in the world? There's nothing to turn to. I'd be an alcoholic too. I'd be a drug addict too. But I want you to lift your hands and with a brand new appreciation, I want you to just begin to thank the Father. I want you to begin to thank the Son. I want you to begin to thank the Holy Spirit. I want you to thank Him for seeing fit to bring you back in the house where there is no lack and there is no famine of goodness and mercy that endures forever. Come on, get a spirit of thanksgiving on you. We, 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 we're not going to rush through this right here. I want you to say, Lord, I want to thank you for the Father's house. Glad he didn't sell the farm during the famine. And I know without a doubt that there are people listening to me in this room, 
at all of our campuses and online and by television. And so, the enemy has successfully pulled you away from the arms of our heavenly father. You demanded, I want it my way. Maybe even through the pandemic, the enemy just, just really pulled a number on you and you feel so far. You feel like you're in a pig pen spiritually. It's just been so long since you felt clean, right. You can know that peace today. Come home. Come running to the Father's house. I love in this service here in Gainesville that while the singers were singing a while ago, a man came down to the altar and fell on his knees and started crying and weeping and praying his way back to the Father's house. It's time. It's time. Prepare for what's coming. You say, well, pastor, it's going to get better. What if it doesn't? You know where I'm going to be? As for me and my house, we're going we're gonna to be in the house of the Lord. Whatever comes, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you don't have that peace, if you don't have that assurance, if you feel backslid this morning, if you know you've fallen into the filth and you want out, you want to change and you want to turn around, Maybe you've taken two or three steps toward that pig pen, but you hear the Lord saying, come home today. It's not an accident that you're hearing this message. This is the word of the Lord and the pathway to prosperity, spiritually, physically, in every other area begins when you return to the Father and the Father's house and do what? These people are doing. Get out of your seat. If that's you, say, Pastor, I want that in my life. I need to be restored. If that's you, raise your hand high. Right where you're standing, I want to pray for you. Raise your hand high. I'm, I'm lost. I need to get right. I'm far from God. I see it, and God sees every one of those hands. Every one of you that have your hands up, up in the balcony, on the main floor, I'm going to ask you to do something. This is the trail. This is the trail back to the Father and the Father's house. I'm going to ask you to step out of the seat where you are and walk down that aisle and every step you take, I want you to know that the Father will come running. Mercy will come running. Grace will come running. Come home. Come home. Come home. Here they come. Here they come. Come on. There's room for you. There's time for you. Now listen carefully. I'm going to lead you in this prayer and Jesus is going to cleanse you and forgive you. And the end of this story in Luke 15 is the Bible said that angels rejoice over one sinner who comes home. And angels are going to rejoice over you in heaven today. Probably some loved ones there too who prayed you through everything you've been through and kept you alive for this moment. All right? Let's pray this prayer, everybody, out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, wash me, cleanse me. I believe in you, and I'm running home. I know who you are. Put your robe and cover my past. 
Put the ring back on my finger. Give me my gift back. You gave me the gift and you don't take the gifts, but you always restore. And so today, put your shoes on my feet and give me ordered steps. I receive you as my heavenly Father, Lord Jesus. I trust in you and I am forgiven and I am cleansed and I am free and I am born again in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.